BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, my love muffins. I don't know why that's the nickname I chose. I wish I had a had like a catchphrase to say at the beginning so I didn't sound so awkward every time we begin an episode. But anyway, welcome back to the Bad Broadcast. I am Maddie, and I am also glad that you are here. Another round of bad dates today. I think this is this is maybe number three. I think this is the third time we've done this because without fail every single time. My top two submit like amount of submissions that I get are for bad in-laws and bad dates. And we are not okay. None of us are okay after these. So yeah, another round of bad dates today. It always brings me like an equal part joy and terror because these truly are the worst. But we are opening up the episode with a love-hate because I have them for you guys this week. Um, all right, well, I have one love. I shouldn't say that it's a full love-hate because I have one love, three hates, (laughs) which feels right. My number one, my only love this week of the month, of the year, of my life, if you have been here for more than 11 minutes, then you know what I'm going to say. Red, Taylor's version is out. If you have been living under a rock or maybe with wolves or something, maybe you don't know this, but Taylor Swift is re-recording her first six albums. And I'll give you the rundown of why she's doing that because not everyone's as maybe committed to her or maybe you're not part of like the Swifterhood. So Taylor Swift was with Big Machine Records for her first six albums, which means they own the masters of those albums. The masters are basically the the physical recordings, whatever, the actual recordings of the final songs. Big Machine went up for sale and Taylor wanted to buy her her catalog back, but they wanted her to sign additional contracts. I don't know exactly what was in these contracts, but Big Machine was basically built around Taylor Swift. They didn't really have any other like money makers on their on their roster. Uh, so they probably didn't want her to be able to fully own her own music because that would screw them. It would screw Big Machine and Scott Borchetta, who is who owns it. So Scott Borchetta sells Big Machine to Ithaca Holdings. Ithaca Holdings is owned by Scooter Braun. You may be asking yourself, what's wrong with Scooter Braun? But he is pretty notoriously mm, unsavory, maybe a little shady. Uh, A lot of people have said a bunch of stuff about him, about working with him and everything. Also, Scooter hates Taylor, meaning he would probably not be open to discussions with her about her buying back her music. So since Taylor Swift owns the, the songs themselves, like the lyrics and the instrumentals, she's able to re-record them and own the masters of these versions. A lot of people don't write their own music, so they couldn't re-record their songs. But since she does write her own music, she owns the, she owns the songwriting. Since the masters of her old albums are different than the lyrics and the music. I always think of it like they own the cookie, but she owns the ingredients so she can make her own cookie. That is, seems like a way that I would understand it. So yeah, so she's reclaiming her ownership of these songs. And it's historic. It's empowering. I know that not everyone listening to this loves Taylor Swift. I know some of you maybe don't care about her or her music, maybe don't even like her. But the way 
for me, let me just, let me just give you my spiel on Taylor Swift, uh, who I met at Disney World when I was 15, just by the way. The way she has been able to allow women to access their emotions, the way she's able to kind of put like the female experience for so many of us into words is really incredible. And on top of that, I'm just really into this, this album, this era, the music video, the short film, the red carpet looks, the TikToks. It's all really good. It's all really good. And if you want to hear more about Taylor Swift and the new album or listen to some deep dives about the album, I'm going to send you to Kate Kennedy. Her podcast is Be There in Five. And while I'm recording this right now, her Taylor Swift episode has not come out. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it will be. So you can just hop over there. I, uh, yeah, I already know that it's going to be much more eloquent and detailed than I could ever, ever do. So I'm going to direct you there. But yes, my love for the month. Oh, that short film, that all too well short film. It's amazing how she has taken her specific, I was just telling somebody this. Oh, I was on, I was on the Net Chicks podcast and we were talking about Taylor Swift and just how she's able to take seemingly specific experiences that we all have and make them a universal a universal thing. Like all of us have some somebody in our past who we can relate these songs to and it just I just feel very interconnected to women, which is my favorite thing to be. Now to my hates. Now to my hates. Uh, okay, the first thing I hate. I hate <laughs> These are so rude. I should not, I should not post or I should not say these. I hate when people post like reaction videos, like when they secretly film their husbands, when they tell them that they're pregnant. And I don't, that's not, that's not the end of it. I don't hate that in general because sometimes I do see them and they're like kind of sweet. I would say about 5% of the, of the reaction videos I see are sweet. The other 95%, the, (laughs) the husband could not have a worse reaction. Like no reaction is almost worse than like a bad reaction. And I just, I don't, I don't want to spend my time watching videos of Tyler being disappointed. Like that doesn't sound fun to me. And what's even worse, oh my gosh, what's even worse is when the husband is so clearly not happy, but he's like really faking it or he's just trying really hard or he's not trying that hard to cover it up. And you can see, and he's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. It's, oh, I, oh my gosh. It makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. Hate that. Number two. Um, the second thing I hate, I hate when you don't buy something at a store. Like when you go into like, a, usually like a clothing store and you don't buy anything and the employees like act disappointed in you. Like they're like, did you not find anything? And you're like, what loyalty do you have to H&M? Like, why are, why do you care if I buy anything? It's not like it's going to affect your paycheck. You're not working on a commission here. I hate that because you want to know why I hate it? Because it works. <laughs> it always works. I am the easiest to guilt into anything. Like, if a one employee seems the least bit disappointed, I will go back and buy something. I'll buy a hair clip. I'll buy, I don't care. I just don't want anybody to be sad. You know, as I'm saying this, how about you just stop talking to me in general if you work in retail? I I will, how about we make it like a don't call me, I'll call you situation. Like if I'm looking for something, if I need a dressing room, but we can just have mutual understanding. Like I'm not going to tell your boss that you weren't nice to me. Like I will, I will actually go in and leave a five-star review for whatever, wherever you work, if you talk to me less. Any Uber driver who has said zero words to me has gotten five stars. In fact, the more that they say, like I count their words and then I drop their score like 0.1% every time. <laughs> Just kidding, but they should do that. There should be a word limit on rideshare. All right, where were we? Oh, the last thing I hate. I hate when you get out of the shower. <laughs> why did I write? Why did I write any of these? Why? Why? What am I doing? I hate when you get out of the shower and you have to like pull a hair out of your crack like not like (laughs) not not like that but like a hair from your head like it go it like slides down your back in into your crack and when you get out of the shower you have to pull it out and it like kind of squeaks that is the that is the worst feeling but yeah I know you all know what I'm talking about I know that that is a universal experience so call me Taylor Swift for just uniting us all in our mutual feelings
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. So if you're among them, know you're not alone and that there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Listen, guys, last year I went to a random salon and the guy chopped my hair off in random places and gave me the weirdest mullet ever. And I knew, I knew then and there that what would restore my confidence was getting it to grow back. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding all through your life. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, and more than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. It has actually saved my hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support the bad broadcast by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BADBROADCAST to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BADBROADCAST. Life is all about those pivotal moments, those big life changes, when we ask ourselves, why didn't somebody tell me this? I'm TV host and journalist, Abby Huntsman. My best pal, comedy writer, and media producer, Lauren Leeds and I are going to bring you conversations with some of the most impactful people of our time to learn their life lessons. We'll pull back the curtain on their biggest transitions, how their reality is probably far less perfect than it might appear. And of course, what they wish somebody had told them back when. Check out I Wish Somebody Told Me anywhere you listen to podcasts. We release new episodes every week. Okay, so now that we've done that, it's time. It's time to begin our bad dates episode. I'll tell you something that's extremely alarming about when I get into bad dates is that there's like repeats. Like there's there's like something really bizarre will happen to one of you on a date. And then I will go down the list, like a few stories. And it's another guy who did the same thing. Like, I can't even tell you how many of you have had your phones taken out of your hands by your date and put on the table because he didn't want you to text. Like that has happened so so many times to so many of you. So let's begin. Buckle up, get cozy, get a snack, grab a Xanax because your blood pressure will likely rise during this entire episode. And let's get into our first story. She says, hi, Maddie. In college, I did hair part-time. And one day a cute guy came in and said he needed his hair bleached because he lost a bet. At the end of his appointment, he asked me out and I said, yes. A few days later, he picked me up at my apartment and told me to dress warm. The date was a surprise and he starts driving the two of us up the canyon. He then proceeds to tell me we are going to his family's favorite restaurant. We get there and we walk in and we run into his sister and best friend on a date. Apparently he didn't know they were dating and this was a big thing, but they asked to get a table together. I was fine with it, but thought it was weird. I sat listening to the three of them tell stories and laugh at inside jokes for an hour. After dinner, the four of us went to go grab an ice cream and my date then dares himself, (laughs) dares himself, okay, to grab this random man's ice cream and to eat it in front of him. I quickly tell him to please not do it. He then does it anyway and starts getting into a fight with this guy. I'm hiding behind some random store items, dying inside, thinking my date is out of control. Then all of a sudden, the two men hug and laugh. Turns out it's his older brother. This whole date was a bet. A bet of who could not blow it for everyone and play along. Loser pays for dinner and ice cream. His best friend wasn't dating his sister, and it was all a joke they planned to meet us there. I was who they brought along to lie to all night and to play their game with. Well, first of all, you guys know how I feel about pranks. Jail. But this feels like the beginning of a horror movie. If somebody sat me down and said, Maddie, describe, describe hell. Describe hell. This is what the story would be. And then later on, they would then dare each other to like start doing something even more sinister. And honestly, I'm shocked that you lived to tell the tale because it sounds like you went on a date with a psychopath. Okay, next. She says, some men have the audacity, but this guy truly takes the cake. It would be funny if it wasn't so painful. I was 19 and had just started working at an airport for the disability service. 
I was escorting a passenger through the airport and one of my coworkers was tagging along. He was making conversation and eventually got to asking me out for the weekend. Yes, right in front of the passenger. The old lady I was helping even called him out and said, did you just ask this young lady on a date? To which he replied, yes. Well, we exchanged numbers and the day of the date, I'm sorry, day of the dead, day of the date rolls around. The first weird thing was when he was texting me, he asked, so you want to pick me up or what? I wasn't sure if he was joking, but turns out he was not. He sent his address and I discovered he lived further away than I thought about a half an hour drive. I thought, whatever. Well, I get there and he tells me to wait outside. So I park and wait for a couple of minutes. He then asks me to come inside because his mom wants to meet me. Sure, that's nice. So I go inside, introduce myself, etc. And before we leave, his mom says, so are you guys bringing his friend along? To which he replies, yes. <laughs> what? Once we get in the car, he says, oh yeah, can we pick up my friend on the way? He's coming with us. Uh, okay. So I drive over to his friend's house and this kid walks out. This youth, this infant. And I start panicking. The kid walking over to my car could not have been more than 15 years old. What in the world? I keep my mouth shut though. And the two of them get on their phones and start playing some shooter war type game with each other, both completely ignoring me. Um, okay. Well, the drive was to the skating rink, which my date had picked. Took over a half an hour to get there, which was made even longer by the fact that he gave me wrong directions the whole time. Over strained conversation in the car, we somehow turned to the topic of age. I'm pretty stressed at this point, so I ask how old he is. His reply, how old do you think I am? I said I didn't know, which is why I was asking. He wouldn't tell me, but with help from his friend, I discovered that he was 16. 16. I was 19. I was on a date with a child. I admit the difference, the age difference wouldn't be that bad if we were older, but the maturity gap at this point, off the charts. I nearly turned the car around, but I was in too deep already. Looking back, I really should have because that wasn't even the worst part. We get to the ice rink and he doesn't even pay for my rental. He peeks into the rink and comes back and tells his friend that a girl he used to be friends with is in there. I couldn't tell exactly what had happened, but you could tell there was some tension and awkwardness there. Of course, as soon as we start skating, she comes over to us and starts making conversation, at which point she asks this kid how his girlfriend is doing. Wait, what? He replies that she's good and he goes on, but I'm tuned out at this point and sitting there very confused. He spent the whole time skating away and showing off anyway. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, but I just want to pause here and talk about how he's like showing off his ice skating skills. Like this is an actual quality that Michael Scott has. They literally make him good at ice skating because that's how embarrassing it is. Uh, showing off anyway. So as soon as I left, I pulled his friend to the side and asked him what was going on. His friend kind of sheepishly, sheepishly replied that, yeah, he has a girlfriend, but he does stuff like this all the time. I asked if she knew, and he said that she didn't. He then told me that the boy I was on a date with actually wasn't allowed to go out with girls alone because of some stuff that had previously happened. Turned out he had sex and his parents were religious, and that's why the friend had to be there on all his dates. The rest of the night entailed him skating ahead of me and his friends and him occasionally coming back to us to show us memes. <laughs> What honestly was the only silver lining was that the girl who was there was super sweet. We connected and talked throughout the night. She was heading to college that summer, so we had a little more to relate on. All right, let me let me recap. Uh, first of all, a guy, you a 16-year-old used you as a ride to the skate rink. And he is not allowed to be alone with girls because he has previously had sex with a girl. Here's what I don't understand about people who like really want their teens to be uh, supervised. Like if kids want to have sex or hook up or whatever, make out, they will figure out a way to do it. Like they will absolutely, there's, there's always a way. If there's not a way, they at least go to school and they probably have a car. Like they will figure it out. If they want to do it, you keeping their friends with them when they go on dates is not going to do anything. Um, am I speaking from experience? Not sure. Not sure. I don't know. I'm not telling. Also, while we're talking about hell situations, uh, 16 year old boys, just, just across the board. Hate them. Hate them. They're weird. They're gross. They're sticky. I don't like anything about them. Never met a 16 year old that I liked, even when I was 16. This episode of the bad broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Though days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer, it's getting colder. I understand that that seasonal depression is probably setting in for a lot of us. But BetterHelp makes it easy and super convenient to connect with a counselor. 
You can connect in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll always get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, self-esteem, anything you need. And anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to start living your best life today. As a listener of The Bad Broadcast, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com bad. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad. Okay, next. I was randomly set up with this guy that my grandpa and his wife knew from their church. He took me to watch trucks race in mud pits. Apparently, I'm too much of a city girl to get it. Anyway, he was 23 but wasn't allowed to be alone with a girl. Wait, how, how did I put these two right next to each other? Wasn't allowed to be with a girl alone with a girl. And he couldn't find another couple to join us for a double date, so he brought his two younger sisters. Bestie, listen, these weren't like cute little sisters. They were 20 and 22. So I'm on a date with this family and we are watching trucks sink lower and lower in mud up until they're up to their Confederate flags. And he keeps complaining about how expensive this date was. It was $5 a person to get in. So $10 since his sister paid on their own. His sisters paid their own way. Then we go get a snow cone after. We're sitting and eating and the sisters say they want to play some game where we name five items in a category. So someone names a category and you have to come up with five things that fit in that category. Truly riveting. The category is jelly bean flavors. He says cherry, popcorn, Coca-Cola, and the younger sister stopped and glared. She said, I'm going to tell mom. You know you can't say that. He, a 23-year-old man, was not allowed to say Coca-Cola because it was a caffeinated beverage. He started backtracking saying it was okay because the jelly beans aren't caffeinated and they didn't need to tell mom about this. So by everyone who's, who's deeply confused about this, uh, in, the, in like LDS doctor, or I don't know how to explain this. I'm going to explain this wrong, even though I, I know what I'm trying to say. Um, they are not allowed to drink like coffee. Most people know that about people who are LDS, they don't drink coffee. Uh, but a lot of people like took that to mean all caffeine. So like a lot of people weren't allowed to drink caffeine throughout their lives. And apparently you found the family who was not even, was not even allowed to speak it. They Voldemorted the word Coca-Cola. Okay, let's move on. She, ma- or she said, I made out with a kid on a bus because I knew if I did, he would take me to prom. Mistakes were made. At prom, my dress didn't have pockets. So he was nice enough to hold my phone for me. But then he kept disappearing during the dance and I didn't know where he was. Anyways, I found him in a corner reading my all, all my texts. I asked him to give it back. And when I was looking through my phone, I saw a message sent to my mom that I didn't write that said, hey, mom, I'm having so much fun at the dance. Love you. To this day, I do not know why he did that. This reminded me of my villain origin story. Okay. It actually, I feel like it was a repressed memory because when I read this, I realized that this this had happened to me. And I think it was the very first time I realized that I hate everyone. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I tried out for cheer. Don't laugh at me because I was a cheerleader in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Or wait, maybe just sixth and seventh grade. But when I was a sophomore, I was at a new high school and I wanted to be cool. And I was 11 inches too tall and like 60 pounds too heavy to be trying out for cheer, but I did it anyway. Um, so I'm at like the cheer, like dance learning. What is that word? I don't know. When you learn the dance before and then, you know, tryouts is like the next day. I leave my phone like on the bleachers at the school and the cheer coach, who was a dude, he was probably a 30 year old guy, which why did they choose that guy? I don't know. He sat down and I saw him like on my phone. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe he like has the same phone as me. Like I didn't see him pick up mine. I just saw him texting on it. So I'm watching him. And he puts it down and then he stands up and walks away. I'm like, that's so weird. So then I go back to my phone. My mom's called me a bunch. She's texted me a bunch. She's like really worried. He had texted my mom 
mind you, I did not know this guy. He was like not my cheer coach. Like I had just gotten to this high school. I didn't know who he was. He had texted my mom and said, I hate you. That's what he texted my mom. He took my phone, texted my mom and said, I hate you. Like what, what is, what is, what is wrong with everyone? Why is the world the way it is? Why are men? Why? Why? Okay. Next story. I mean, this feels like it needs a trigger warning. I don't know what for. I don't know what for. It honestly feels borderline, borderline, uh, too inappropriate to share, but whatever. I'm just going to share it anyway. Okay. She says, I was on a Tinder date and the guy kept getting calls from his family and he was trying to be polite and not answer. After several random family members kept calling, he answered and he found out that his dad had died. He turned into a stage five clinger, immediately saying, you're the only thing I have in my life. I need you to help me through this. And while I felt bad, I was also like, you're a total stranger. I ended up giving him an, I'm sorry, your dad died sympathy hand job, but he had polar fleece sheets. I just don't think there was anywhere to go from there. I, when I say my jaw hit the floor when I read this, I'm assuming that it was not in the same day. The way this is written, and I'm really hoping this is not the case, but it's sounding like he got that phone call and then, and then you gave him the sympathy hand job, which is just, that can't be right, right? Please clarify. The people need to know. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't not share that one. Okay. She says, Maddie, you're a beautiful human and I'm so excited to share this with you. Let me take you back to the summer of 2017. It was the third date. He was super sweet and things seemed to be going well. He was very careful with his money and I could tell he was excited when his friend recommended a free barbecue event on Facebook. The only contribution asked was for participants to bring a side or a dessert. My date messaged the host of the event with our food preferences and I made my family's favorite brownie recipe. He picked me up and we were off. As we neared the event location, I kept looking for a park or a big group gathering or something indicative of a barbecue, but there was nothing. Eventually, we arrived at someone's house and we headed over. Immediately, when we entered the backyard, I knew something was very wrong. Everyone, a group of about eight people, silently stared at us. My date awkwardly introduced us and a patriarch figure said, oh, you're blank. We saw you signed up, but we don't know who you are. Turns out it was a random family barbecue. They still welcomed us and I and I offered the brownies. We sat down and my date froze. After being there for about two minutes, I said, okay, just follow me. I quickly walked toward the exit, thanked them for welcoming us and told them we had to go. I have never had a more awkward two minutes in my entire life. Why did a family gathering have an open event on Facebook and for only like eight people? How did my date's friend find this event? When my date messaged in our preferences, why did no one clarify that he was not invited to the event? Why did I, the innocent bystander, have to rectify the the situation? There are so many other details to the story. We got pulled over on the way there. He didn't buy me dinner. We ate cold cut sandwiches at my place. And he asked to hold my hand in the most awkward way. I will provide a diagram upon request. And yet all this pales in comparison to the dead silence of a poor family watching two strangers show up to their barbecue. I hope they at least enjoyed the brownies. If you're curious, we mutually ghosted each other after this. Sounds weird, but it's true. After two more dates, we simultaneously never texted each other ever again. No conversation, no phone call, no text. We simply never spoke to each other. Seems fitting in hindsight. I just, I feel like if a date came up to me and was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to a free community barbecue. I would rather just stay home. Like, can you, can you ever think of a time where going to an event like that has ever been fun? I also, you know what, you know, what is a story that like a, a classic trope in these stories you guys submit me? It's always like, I you know, my date brought his cousin or like I went and hung out with my date and his cousin was there. Why, why are everybody's cousins so weird? Nobody has one, nobody has one cool cousin. What a red flag. If somebody says, Hey, can my cousin come? You already know. You already know. I guess I am somebody's cousin. I'm probably somebody's weird cousin. I mean, we don't have to fight that. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Native. All right, maybe you are on Thanksgiving. Maybe you've skipped to Christmas. Maybe you're just celebrating the holidays as a whole. But I think there's one thing that we can agree on, and it's the smells of the season are truly the greatest thing in the world. 
Thanks to Native's new seasonal scents, my favorites are with me wherever I go. Yes, I am talking about their deodorant. Who doesn't want to smell like the holidays literally all the time? Native deodorant is formulated with ingredients you have actually heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. Native deodorant never uses aluminum, parabens, or sulfates, but it does keep you smelling amazingly fresh all day long. With classics and their rotating seasonal scents, Native has a deodorant scent for everyone, including their new holiday-inspired collection, Candy Cane, Sugar Cookie, and Fresh Mistletoe. I can't think of anything I'd rather smell like than Fresh Mistletoe. It's got cedar and sandalwood in it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's going to be your favorite. Native is not just good for you. It's also good for the planet. They have a deodorant made of 100% paperboard packaging. They are vegan and they never test on animals. Also, I'm not alone in loving Native. This will shock absolutely no one, but they have over 15,000 five-star reviews. So I know you're going to love them too. So keep the sense of the season with you at all times with Native's limited time holiday scented deodorants. Go to nativedeodorant.com and use the code BAD to get 20% off of your first purchase at checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com. Use the code BAD for 20% off. Again, that's nativedeodorant.com, code BAD. All right, moving along to the next one. She says, one of my worst high school dance slash date stories. Well, I don't know about worse, but definitely the most notable, memorable, and strange. One year before prom, <laughs> my date and I, one year before prom, my date and I were with a group of friends about to order our dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. Wait, oh, oh, I read that so wrong. I read that as like one year before prom, like 360 days. 365 days. (laughs) I do know how many days are in a year. Oh, this episode, it will be a, it will be a wonder if I make it to the end of this. But she's saying like one year before prom, like her sophomore year before prom, my date and I were with a group of friends about to order our dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. The waitress comes over to my date and asks if we would like to start out with any appetizers. My date says, yes, I think I'll have a boutonniere. He then proceeded to take off the boutonniere that I had bought him, and he ate it. He ate his $25 boutonniere. Yep, everything but the stem and the ribbon. At the dance, he just hung out with his friends. Then at the after party with the group, we were at somebody's house about to watch a movie when my date takes off his suit in front of all of us to reveal he had been wearing a very tight Spider-Man costume underneath the entire night. He then picked me up like a baby and called me Mary Jane. I then asked to be taken home. So I don't know, worst ever, probably not. The next prom, I took, I tripped over a dog gate down a flight of stairs in my dress and got a concussion. So you can be the judge of which one is worse. If this was about Jim Carrey, like if somebody went to prom with Jim Carrey and was like, he ate his boutonniere at dinner, like everybody would think that's funny. But we all need to stop and ask ourselves, at what cost? At what cost are we letting men be funny? Because um, they're out here eating boutonnieres. This actually reminded me of my worst date. I don't think I've shared this before. That's one of the worst parts about not having a co-host is that I, do I repeat stories? Probably, probably, probably all the time. And if I had somebody here, they could be like, Maddie, shut up. But nobody's here to tell me to shut up. So I'm just going to tell this story. I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16, but I was, I was a year younger than all my friends because I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I skipped a grade because I was uh, gifted. So all my friends were 16 our whole sophomore years, but I turned 16 my junior year. I turned in October. But homecoming was before my 16th birthday, but my parents let me go anyways. I actually got asked to homecoming by my best friend's ex-boyfriend, but it was a, it was a friendly, it was the friendly thing. I'm serious. It was friendly then. It's, I'm not just making that up for the story. So anyway, we, uh, we go to homecoming. We go like to somebody's house after and we're hot tubbing. And (laughs) I'm like, okay, time to go. Like, where's my date? And I went outside And in the hot tub, my best friend and my date were hooking up. And so then my best friend's date took me home. It was funny then. And it's funny now. It was always funny. Like they had just broken up. It was fine. But it makes a really good story. The shock value is always there. So it always comes in clutch when I need a bad, a bad date story. Like, yeah, my first date, uh, he ended up hooking up with my best friend in front of me. Like the title is a lot more juicy than the actual story, but still worth a share. All right, moving along to the next one. Hi, Maddie. I just want to say I hope you like this story. Never told anyone, and I never will. Just me and you, bestie, and the pod. 
So a few years ago, I broke up with my boyfriend. Let's call him Tom. Well, Tom was completely heartbroken and thought he couldn't go on with his life. We broke up because he was the worst and was very toxic. Uh, I'm just going to pause here because my most embarrassing moment, besides when I stepped in dog poop in sixth grade and Tommy Parr was walking behind me and didn't tell me, uh, my second most embarrassing moment is the fact that I have had my heart broken by someone named Tom. Sick. That is offensive. Okay. Well, Tom was completely heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, we break up in the in the beginning of July. And by the time September rolls around, he is just begging me to go on a date and spend the day with him for another chance. I didn't want to go, but my mom told me it might just shut him up. Tom had the whole day planned out, shopping, dinner, and a mountain drive. I thought it sounded fun till I remembered I have IBS. <laughs> dinner was good, but as soon as we walked out of the door, I could tell there was going to be issues. I got in the car for the drive and it was a bad idea. We had been driving for 45 minutes when I desperately needed a bathroom. I told him I had to pee and he told me to hold it and 15 more minutes go by. I'm practically holding my breath, trying not to shit myself. So a few more minutes go by and I say, I think I started my period. I really need to get to a bathroom. He panicked and the closest place we found was a five-star resort. I jumped out of the car, but it was too late. I was fully pooping my pants when I got there and I realized it was only in my underwear and my pants were totally unaffected. So being the crafty person I am, I ripped my underwear off and I left them in the trash can of this five-star ski resort. I got back in the truck. We continued our date and he never knew. I laughed to myself about it now, but at the time I had never been more embarrassed and or disgusted. Love you lots. Still not more embarrassing than having a somebody named Tom break your heart. But that's pretty bad. I feel like you guys poop your pants a lot. Like a lot of you poop your pants a lot. No judgment. No judgment. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Maybe you guys need a gut health test. Like I just had to take a couple days ago. By the way, just I guess we're on the poop topic and I've overshared like 70 different times in this podcast, but I did take that that gut health test that I told you guys about and I had to I had to I had to do a stool sample. Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you know, Chloe told me it wasn't going to be that bad. Spoiler alert, it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was much worse. Much worse. All right, next. She says, "Hello, Maddie. Okay, this is by far the worst date I've ever been on. When I was a freshman in college, I met a guy playing on the sand volleyball courts outside my apartment complex. He was really cute and we talked the whole time and it was awesome. He then asked for my phone number and we ended up going on a date the next weekend. Well, he ended up taking me to see a Marvel movie, Civil War." I didn't really know anything about Marvel, but I thought he was cute, so I didn't care. Well, right when the Marvel title came on the screen, he stood up and started screaming yes in the theater. I was honestly so shocked I could not move. Not only was he the only one in the theater that did this, he did it multiple times, jumping up and down, screaming at all of the intense parts of the movies. He would constantly block the view of the people behind him, and it was just bad. That's not even the worst part. When we were leaving the theater, we ran into a couple of my friends from my class, maybe about seven or eight people. I introduced him and we all talked for about five minutes and then left. When he dropped me off at my door at the end of the night, he didn't even hug me. He looked me in the eye and said, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. You just know too many people. So I would like to thank my class friends for running into me so I didn't ever have to see this guy again. Die hard Marvel fans. Okay, let me rephrase. Die hard male Marvel fans. Okay, let me rephrase again. Diehard straight male Marvel fans. Red flag. What what is it? Why are you why are you so obsessed with it? Like gay men or women? I understand because it's a sausage fest, okay? Like obviously you're going to be a fan of Marvel. Also, dum dum club moment, uh while we're talking about Marvel, I thought hot guy was hot guy. Hot guy. Hot guy. Not hawk eye. Still, still haunts me to this day. All right, moving right along. She says, I once went out with a pastor's son. He just repeatedly told me that he didn't care that I was a whore and he liked me anyway. (laughs) That was not the way to my heart. And he did not get a second date. Even if a babe is getting hers, don't call her that. I just think that it's like the concept of calling a woman a whore or a slut is so, it's just so interesting because uh, it's really, really painted everybody into a corner because you can't like your sexuality, but you can't hate your sexuality, but you can't sleep with men, but you can't deny men, but you can't kiss a lot of people, but you can't be a prude. Like it's, it's, uh, it's really great. It's really great that they just, they were like, you know, fenced us in there. It's just, it's really thoughtful. 
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Bayblash. It's a good day when I get to talk to you guys about Bayblash. You already know this. Bayblash is a results-driven and performance-based cosmetic brand based here in Salt Lake City. Their formulas are designed for maximum effectiveness so you can discover how they work for you, not just if they work. My two favorite products from Bayblash, I mean, I like basically every product I've ever tried, but my ride or dies are the essential serum for my lashes and the brow serum, obviously, for my brows. I will not miss a day using these. I would rather skip brushing my teeth than skip using my Babe Lash. Also, I have the best news. They have a Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale coming up. It starts on November 26th, and it goes through November 29th. It is 25% off of all products, and my code stacks on top of that. Also, if you spend $225, you will get a free essential serum. I also really love their lash separator. I know that sounds like a random product to love, but you just, you put the mascara on and then you can separate each of your lashes. So they just look so full and so long. So their number one award-winning product is of course the essential serum. It makes your lashes look longer over time with consistent use and results can be seen in as little as two to four weeks, which means you could have long, fluffy, fluttery looking lashes by Christmas. So if you use my code BAD, at bayblash.com, you will get 15% off. Again, that stacks on top of their Black Friday Cyber Monday sale. And just one more time, their sale goes from November 26th to November 29th. So keep an eye out for that. Go to bayblash.com, use the code BAD for an additional 15% off of all products. Um, okay, next. A guy I had been on a few dates with picked me up one night for a planned date and there was another woman in the car sitting in the front seat. I was shocked and confused and I could tell the other girl was as well. That's when he said he liked us both to take us both on a date tonight. We went to the movies. He sat in the middle. I texted a friend SOS, but she honestly thought I was messing with her. After the movie, we went out to ice cream and I excused myself to go to the bathroom and instead ran out the door. I then became paranoid that they would go looking for me, so I took refuge in a nearby neighborhood, called my best friend again, and this time she came and got me. I sent a text to the guy saying, never call her, text me again. And six months later, he and the other girl, he and the other girl got married? No. Can you imagine being that girl? Can you imagine being like, remember how on our first date you asked another girl to go with me? Like, who raised this person? Like, where is your mother? Or or maybe your grandmother. Like, where is the matriarch here? Okay, next. She says, my first date in in college was with a guy I had just met and a group of his college friends that I vaguely know. We drove up a mountain to watch 4th of July fireworks. As we were sitting there watching the fireworks, I suddenly felt a very sharp sting on the back of my thigh. I was wearing shorts, so I look around. I didn't see a bug or a bite on my leg. But as the night progressed, the pain shot up and down my leg and my upper leg went entirely numb. I never said anything because this was 17 year I was a 17 year old in a group of college kids and I didn't want to sound like a baby. After a Google search and talking to a friend when I got home, I discovered I got stung by a scorpion. Yep, I got stung by a scorpion and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be annoying. And that's a that's a good summary of where we are. That's a good summary of where we are. Stung by a scorpion, but she didn't want to inconvenience anyone around her. You know what? I'm I'm starting a petition for us to be more inconvenient. I would like women to be 30 times more inconvenient than they're being now. Okay, next. She says, I was young and naive 21-year-old on a first date with a guy. We had just gone bowling for like five games. Yes, five. And at that point in my life, I didn't have the courage to say, hey, can we actually not keep going? Because my forearm is sore. So I think the date is finally over at this point. I already knew I wasn't into him and he was driving me home. And he said, I actually have a surprise for you. Now, looking back, I realize how absolutely insane and murdery this sounds, and I would never be in a car with a stranger on a first date now, but I digress. So we were driving in the car, and then he turns on a rap song that is extremely vulgar and all about threesomes, and he says, guess who the rapper is? I swear to you, I was naming off every single rapper I had ever heard of. Probably rattled off at least 30 names at this point. Then it hits me, and I hesitantly say, is this you? And his face lights up and he's like, yes, felt so many different feelings at this point. And I had to laugh because if I didn't, I thought I might cry. He was misogynistic, arrogant and obnoxious. So the surprise is he takes me to a baseball field to stargaze. I humored him for like another hour and I couldn't get home fast enough. 
I basically ghosted him after that point again because I am 21 and naive and cannot handle confrontation. And if I if it couldn't get any worse, we went to the same gym at the same time and I literally had to stop going to the gym for months. And the first time I went back, I saw him. I actually saw him a few times after that and I'm pretty sure he switched gyms. And again, me being 21 and so immature, I obviously just ignored him at the gym and acted like I didn't know him. I so wish I could go back and let him know that he made me uncomfortable the entire date and it would have never worked between us. But I guess that's why being 21 is the most stressful time of life. You know what I would like to do in this moment? I would like to tell you guys my list for you. Okay, I'm going to tell you the bad broad 10 rules of a first date. Okay, here are here are my rules. Let's start off, off with number one. Always meet them somewhere. If it is a first date and you do not know this person and you met him on a dating app or you were set up, do not let him come pick you up. Do not go pick him up. There's no, there's, there's no reason, no reason that you can't meet somewhere. Meet at a park, meet at a restaurant, meet at a bar, meet at a coffee shop. I don't care. But I swear, you guys, if you give one more strange man on the internet your address, I'm going to be mad at you. Okay. Uh, Number two, dates should not be more than one hour. First dates. First dates should be one hour maximum. The only reason they should continue on beyond that would be if both parties are extremely excited. If you have met the, if you have hit the one hour mark and your date is not suggesting that you go on, and they're only going along because you suggested it, the date needs to end. One hour is plenty of time to decide if you want to spend more than one hour with per- with, a- with person, with a person. Uh, three, it, preferably go on a date when it's light out because uh, apparently it's 2021, women still get murdered. So uh, please go when it's light out. I know it's hard to go when it's light out in the dead of winter, uh, but maybe maybe a breakfast date, maybe a Saturday brunch that can be kept to one hour and it's light outside. Um, number four, no hiking, no rock climbing, nothing strenuous. Honestly, keep it inside. Keep it inside. Unless it is an outdoor activity that sounds absolutely killer, like maybe an outdoor movie or a food truck roundup. Uh, those are acceptable. But if you are taking somebody on a date and they're, okay, well, obviously there's going to be exceptions to all of these. Like maybe you guys met at a rock climbing gym. I don't know your life. But if you don't know them, stop suggesting strenuous activities. Uh, Number five, if you ask, you pay. If you ask on the date, you pay. I'm not a men have to pay kind of gal, but I am a if you ask, you pay. Uh, Six, men have one chance. And if they mention anything about murder or kidnapping, you call the police. It's not a three strike system. It's once. The first Ted Bundy joke. Jail. Next, if his favorite movie is Wolf of Wall Street, it's a red flag. It's a red flag. I don't feel like I should need to explain that. Um, But if it is his favorite movie, jail. No movie is at home unless she suggests it. This is a rule for men. Do not suggest that she comes over and watches a movie unless she is the one who suggested it. And more so, do not invite her over and then spring it upon her that you will be watching a movie. It's horrible. It's lazy. It's literally bare minimum. It's why the bar is in hell. All right, next. Uh, he must be able to name a female comedian that is not Amy Schumer. I want you guys to start quizzing every guy you meet on a dating app. And if you say, name a female comedian, and he says Amy Schumer, you run the other direction. You call me and you run the other direction. Okay, the last and final rule that I really want you guys to internalize, like I don't know why, I don't know why I need to tell you guys this so much. But if he is making you uncomfortable in any way, you say, you know what? I'm uncomfortable. I think I'd like to go home now. And he's going to make a big fuss about it because only men who make women uncomfortable are offended at things like that. Uh, And he's going to make a big fuss about it. And you're going to say, I'm going to call an Uber. And if he says, no, I'll take you home. And he's pissed at you. Then you go up to your server and you say, could you uh, hang out with me while I call an Uber? I hate nothing more than when men call women, I mean, when men call women dramatic in general, I just gives me the the willies. Um, I hate it. But when people say that women are being dramatic with like safety measures, like, oh, hey, like if you, if I guarantee if one of you guys set, told a date, like, hey, I only want to go out with you when it's light outside, they'd be like, that's stupid. It's like, well, women get murdered. Like, I don't know if you're aware of the situation of life, uh, but women get murdered all the time. You guys know that I will fiercely defend all of you until 
the day I die. But the more we get away or the more we let men get away with making women uncomfortable, the slower any progress will be unless we stop worrying so much about making men comfortable. I think men should be more uncomfortable. They're spending, they're they're spending too much time being comfortable. I'm, I'm uncomfortable at men's comfort levels right now. I'd like to shake things up, like to light a fire under that. Okay. I had forgotten about this story, but I really want to share it. All right. She says, so I met this guy on a dating app. We had talked a little over text. And finally, when we were both downtown with our friends at the same time, we made plans to meet at a bar. He was nice. His friends were nice and it was all going well. I drank quite a lot as usual. So when he got an Uber home, I jumped in with him. We went to his house and I don't remember many details after that. I do this fun thing where my drunk brain shuts off the minute I get to a house where I'm staying and it determines I'm safe. I was safe, by the way. In the morning, I am awoken at 5 a.m. to the most annoying and loud beeping alarm I had ever heard. I was also violently hungover. I don't do anything about the alarm thinking this man I'm next to will deal with it. I think I fell back asleep, but by 5.30, the alarm was still going off. So I decided to sort of nudge the man to get him to wake up and fix it. I should have just left, and and normally I would have, but I was so hungover and it was so early. He did not even move or stir at all, which is wild because it was so loud and annoying. So after a few minutes of it going off, I get up and go to his side of the bed to click the button on his phone to try and get it to turn off. I get back in bed on my side, and 30 seconds later, it starts going off again. So this time, I grab his phone and put it under his pillow, and nothing. No movement. I then realized the phone is not making the alarm noise. It's actually a little black box on the floor that has some wires coming out of the top. The box was flashing flashing a message on a tiny screen that said, move closer. I had no idea what it was. I thought possibly it was an ankle monitor or a breathalyzer. I decided that's enough of that. And I got my things and I tippy-toed out of there. When I got home, I went straight back to bed to sleep off the hangover. By noon, I hadn't heard from the guy and I started thinking of what the black box could be. I then started thinking about how this man did not move one inch throughout the whole morning. I started panicking, thinking that he was dead the whole time. I finally heard from him at 5 p.m. and he acted normal. I didn't bring up the morning or the black box. Flash forward to a few weeks later, I see him at a bar and what do you know, he pulls the black box out of his pocket and types in some numbers. The man then tells me he's diabetic and this is his insulin pump. I told him the whole story of how I thought he was dead a few weeks ago and he did not think it was funny. He was mad at me for not pouring water on his head. How would I ever know to do that? Anyway, I never saw him again. I think that's on him to tell his sleepover guests that he would like to be woken up with water poured on his head because he has diabetes. (laughs) Oh, you guys, I can't say that I'm thrilled with the situations that you get yourself into, but I would like us to all adhere to uh, my rules. That's basically the theme of my life. I would like to make all the rules and everybody follow them forever. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me on another horrible adventure of your bad dates. Um, If you would, I know I ask you guys every time, but it just helps the podcast a lot. Just tap five stars, leave a review. I read them and I love them. Um, But I love you guys and I will talk to you next week. Be safe, be kind, be hot. I love you. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.